0: So, uh, like I said earlier, today is a a huge highlight for me. It's an honor for me to speak here this morning, although I was uh, beginning to think that we should probably be a little careful um, that we do not spoil Jesse too much too quick. It's not many people who on their first day of the job get a day off. Uh, And get a Christmas party. This afternoon, Mike and Alyssa and Jesse and Aaron and Pearl and myself are going out together to uh, celebrate Christmas together. And so uh, on a first day of a job to have the day off and to have a Christmas party, that's a pretty significant uh, entry into a new new role. Pearl and I, though, want you all to know, and uh, Mike and Alyssa and Jesse and Aaron, how incredibly blessed we feel to be in this working relationship together. But for the next little bit, we want to shift focus a little bit. Um, Last Sunday, we focused on the wise men. Uh, Many things about the wise men really, really intrigue me. But perhaps more than anything is this uh, strange concept that has kind of captivated me, and that's a little unsettling but mostly quite exciting, uh, that they, from a distant land not familiar, at least we don't think so, not familiar with Scripture and Old Testament prophecy, and not of God's chosen people, not part of the religious tier in their society, looking for God in the stars, doesn't seem very sound doctrinally for sure, But somehow they caught something that many who were right in the middle of Old Testament teaching, right in the middle of their version of church and religion, simply couldn't see. Somehow these guys that were way out there, both in physical distance and in spiritual knowledge, somehow these guys caught on to what was really going on. And I wonder, Was a large part of it the fact that they were truly searching? Or at the very least, truly open. Open for God to reveal Himself. Even though they were not familiar with the Scriptures, they were familiar with the fact that God is God. He can show up however He wants to. And long before they even saw the star and did the actual physical search for the baby Jesus, long before they were on this journey to Jerusalem to find this baby, they were already open and searching. Searching for God to reveal himself. Allowing, if you will, God to reveal himself. And so we asked the question last week, Do you believe that Jesus shows up in your world? And I asked you to be brave enough to answer that question. Not verbally, but to yourself. Do you believe that Jesus shows up in your world? Are you open to Jesus showing up in your world? Do you want jesus to show up in your world i don't know what kind of a conclusion you each of you individually came to many of you will have said yes some of you were saying yes even as i was speaking you were already you know nodding your head quite uh, quite uh, confidently and uh, bless you uh, I, I still hope that you gave the question even more consideration as the week was going on what does that really mean Many of you knew that the right answer was yes, but you were actually not quite sure what that meant. And maybe even now you're sitting there and you're still not quite sure what does that really mean in, in my world. And then there may have been some of you for whom the answer was no. You know what, right now, where I'm at right now, I actually don't care to have Jesus show up in the middle of my, of my world. Well, whatever your answer is, let me make an announcement. A statement for you to consider. Jesus is in the middle of your world. Whether you answered yes, or you answered I'm not sure, or you answered no. The announcement is, Jesus is in the middle of your world. That's what we've just finished celebrating. That's kind of what Christmas symbolizes. Jesus coming into our, into your world. Jesus came into our everyday real world. And the angel made the announcement, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you and he is Christ the Lord. And then the angel says something interesting, you will find him. And there was more, but let's pause there. This morning, we want to work with this just a little bit more. In one of the prophecies about the coming of Jesus, way back in Isaiah chapter 7, it says this, "...therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. And then we read the story of Jesus' birth in the book of Matthew, and in chapter 1, verse 23, after the angel has told Joseph what is happening and what he is supposed to do, Matthew interprets all this and adds his own commentary, and he says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means... God with us. Thank you. Emmanuel means God with us. And so we want to think about that just a little bit more here this morning. It's one of the most amazing themes really of the entire Christmas story that God came down to be with us. See, It's actually something that I hadn't ever thought about like this before. There was somebody in my office this past week, and he shared with me an amazing picture of God coming and being with him in the middle of his darkness. And I was in the middle of preparing this message, and suddenly there was a question in my mind. Why did God come to us? Why did he decide to come and be with us in our darkness and in our trouble and in our messes and in our doubts and confusion and hurt and anger? Why did God come here to be with us? Why did he not rather simply rescue humanity from the messes and the pain and the hurt and the darkness? Why didn't he make the movement go that way instead of this way. I, I hadn't really... And some of you might be sitting there and thinking, well, Darren, that's ultimately that's what the plan is. Okay, I, I'm good with that. I hear you and I, I, I'm with you. I'm tracking with you. But then why not back then already? Why wouldn't the movement have been then already? Why would God not miraculously have made the movement like that instead of like this? Why did God want to come down here and be with us. God with us. See, we're kind of comparing a little bit two different ways of thinking, and this this kind of struck me this past week as I was preparing this, and I was visiting together with the individual that came to my office, and we were debating some of this back and forth. So there's kind of these two different ways of thinking. On the one hand, it is, um, God, please rescue me. God, please do away with all this garbage in my life. Get rid of the sickness and the pain and the ugliness and the darkness and the problems. God, please rescue me. One way of thinking. On the other hand, God, thank you for being here with me. In the pain and the darkness and the hurt and the struggle... I need you because I can't do this journey on my own. Please be here with me. Are you with me? The the two significantly different ways of thinking. And it seems to me that we would so much more like the first. It would be so much easier. God, just rescue me from the garbage. Rescue me. So much easier. But God seems to, for some reason, be so much more interested in the second. In fact, this is how one commentary put it, and I like it. He said, In fact, the Bible is nothing if not the story of God's persistent desire to dwell with his people. Read the Bible and you'll see it over and over and over. A few weeks ago, we asked you to hand in some Bible verses um, that, that, you, that are kind of go-to verses for you when you need a reminder of God's faithfulness in your life. And people handed in all kinds of verses. Many of those verses, if you're going to look back at that insert that we printed for you, many of those verses speak about God's presence in your, in your life. And that was just a sampling because there's so many more. I'm not sure if you took note of the ones in the bulletin, Um, Psalm 139, 7 to 10. Where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol or in hell, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Joshua 1 verse 9, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous, do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. John 14 23, Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, Be strong and courageous, do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. Revelation three twenty: Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. It's just a small sampling. The theme is rich throughout Scripture. God wants to be with us. So let's go back for just a moment to this word Emmanuel. I I just need to show you where it comes from. The name Emmanuel actually only appears two times in the Old Testament. It's both times. It's in Isaiah, once in chapter 7, once in chapter 8. Isaiah uses this phrase, and I'm going to try and give you just a quick little snapshot. He uses this phrase when he challenges the king who was looking to the world's Superpower at the time, Assyria, for protection. So the king of Judah was looking to the superpower in their world, Assyria, for protection, or we could say to be saved. Isaiah challenges him not to look to the power of this world for saving, but rather to trust fully in God. The king, whose name is Ahab, he refuses. He is going to do it the earthly way. I need saving, and I'm going to go to the superpower of this earth, and I'm going to find the power there to get the saving that I need. And in response to Ahaz, King Ahaz's refusal to go to God, the prophet Isaiah says, here now, you house of David... Is it not enough to try the patience of human beings? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Shortly after, Isaiah is taken, or Israel is taken into captivity. And then in chapter 8, verse 10, Isaiah says this, still to the king and to the nation Devise your strategy. But it will be thwarted. Propose your plan, but it will not stand. For God is with us. For Emmanuel. God is with us. All right, then, go ahead and do it your own way. Just know that real salvation, true saving, is going to come from God with us. True saving will not come from earthly power, any earthly powers. It will come from God with us. And years later, Matthew goes back to that prophecy when the baby Jesus is going to be born. And he reminds the people, remember? Remember what Isaiah said? True saving comes from God with us. And that is what's happening here now. This, this baby is God with us. This baby is the source of true saving. This baby is the source of true salvation. This is how you will know that God is God and that God is worth trusting more than any human power. The virgin will have a son and he will be called Emmanuel, God with us. So the name Emmanuel is used two times in the Old Testament. Only this once in the New Testament where he quotes the Old Testament. And that, so that's not, not that often. But like we already said, the concept is, saturates the entire Bible. And maybe it is fair to say that Emmanuel is one of the most comforting names or titles of Jesus in the entire Bible. Maybe especially so as we enter a new year. A new year which is always kind of, and a new time actually in a sense for our church family. Uh, but a new year when, when you wonder, what's, what's all ahead? What's the new year going to be like? And you know, this world has been, has been real enough already in your history. You know that this new year is not all going to be good. And there's going to be some difficulty and there's going to be some darkness and there's going to be some trouble. And it's not all going to be easy Emmanuel, 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 God with us, God with you. It seems outrageous in a way that God would want to be with us. I really loved uh, the little illustration that Jesse gave us a couple weeks ago when he was speaking. He kind of gave us a new way of looking at this traditional picture of, of us Humanity being on one side, full of sin and darkness, and God and His holiness being on the other side, and this huge chasm in between. And and it's kind of been a a fairly common picture that has been used to illustrate salvation, and the cross then being there, uh, put in place so that we could move into the realm of God. And Jesse gave us a new way of looking at that. And he said, How about maybe a more accurate description or picture of this is that the life and death. And resurrection becomes a bridge, not so much for us to get to God, but for God to come and be with us. So Emmanuel means that God took the outrageous step of coming to us. God wants to do life here with us. I don't know how comfortable you feel saying it like that, but that's the conclusion that I come to when I put all of this together. God with us. God is worth trusting more than any earthly power because God is with us. The Bible is nothing if not the story of God's persistent desire to dwell with his people. Christmas is nothing if not the story of God's persistent desire to dwell with his people. So here's the question for this morning. How have you experienced Emmanuel? How have you experienced God being with you in your ordinary Everyday life. Here's something that we as a leadership team want to challenge us as a church or encourage us as a church, a journey that we want to begin together with as a church family. We want to begin to prepare together to share stories with each other about God in the ordinary. That's what we're calling it. If you look on the back side of your bulletin, there's a little box there that introduces this idea. God in the ordinary. We've done different things as a church family over the past several years. Um, something inspirational, you know, during the winter months together. And, uh, and we want to do something like that again this year. Two years ago, we did something we called Hurt, Hope and Healing. And it was an incredible journey of sharing stories With each other, they were raw and they were open and they were honest stories of tragedy and hurt and God's restoring power at different stages within that journey. Everyone that attended sensed, I think, the supernatural power of God moving among us as we shared stories with each other. So we don't want to recreate that. That was then and God blessed us richly with that. But we do want to create an environment where we celebrate the fact that God is with us. In the ordinary times and situations of everyday life. So we would love to encourage you to cultivate a new awareness of this God with us concept. And to begin to think about the possibility of sharing a short story giving testimony to this reality in your life. So here's what we're planning. We're planning three Wednesday evenings in the month of February. Plenty of time for you to think about it and prepare. To simply talk about the reality of God being with us. God being with me in ordinary life. Honestly, I can't think of anything more inspiring to me than hearing you tell me how God showed up in your world, in your everyday, normal world. It will be stories by people like you. It will be your stories. They will range in length from 15 seconds, yep, to 15 minutes, and everything in between, and hopefully they will come from all age groups and from all walks of life. Nobody here is disqualified from sharing a story. Emmanuel is not limited to any group or demographic. We want everybody represented in these stories. Not every story is going to grab each person specifically or 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 dramatically. You will be tempted to think I can guarantee, almost guarantee you. Um, you will be tempted to think Ah, nobody would really think I know I that was really cool for me, but nobody's going to really think that that was that amazing. I mean, did you hear me say the word amazing? No, ordinary Ordinary. God is with us in our ordinary, normal, everyday. It's not about amazing. It's not about dramatic. It's about God being with us. And can I tell you something? The beauty of this is, I was thinking about this a little bit, the beauty of this is when God shows up, it's a holy moment. Oh, I know, I know. Many of the times when God has shown up in your life, it was in the middle of anything but holy. At least it didn't feel that way. It was garbage or darkness or crappy. It was not good. But the fact that God was there made it a holy moment. So it does matter. It does matter. God showing up is worth sharing. It's worth sharing for the purpose of giving him honor. And it's worth sharing because it is a huge inspiration to the rest of your church family. So, know that you will likely get a phone call or a text asking if you would be willing to share a short story of a time when God revealed himself to you in your ordinary world. And if you don't want a phone call or a text, then just come and volunteer with me first. And I won't bug you. We believe in Emmanuel. We believe that the Bible is nothing if not the story of God's persistent desire to do life with his people. Amen.